Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, probably not a lot of boys and girls listening to this podcast, but welcome to the first ever video slash audio podcast of those Canadian lads. Tonight, we talk about all the changes coming in the National Hockey League. We are currently working doing our podcast during the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. Luke Prokop has come out. He's a prospect with the National Predators. Awesome story. Awesome news story. We're going to touch on that tonight. Oh, Jeffrey, Adam Larson, gone from the Edmonton Oilers. He signed with the Kraken today. That was a shock. Not shocked that he left the Oilers, but maybe shocked that he signed with the Seattle Kraken, our new uh, Pacific Division rivals. And, of course, Mike Smith signing with the Edmonton Oilers for a two-year contract at the age of 39. So that will take him to he is 41. So, ladies and gentlemen, awesome. So excited tonight. Welcome, Jeffrey. How you doing? <laughs> Great. I can tell your excitement by the music choice that you threw out there. I know. It was a stomp and clap. What was the, that thing, the stomp and clap? Uh, what was that? The... Uh, the guys who banged all the uh, the garbage cans and uh, garbage cat lids and, and things like that back in the day. and Stomp? Stomp! Yeah, stomp. stomp. <laughs> How you doing tonight? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, just another um, just another Those Canadian Lads podcast. Uh, looking forward to discussing uh, what the Kraken are doing. Uh, changes to the Oilers, obviously. And yeah, no, uh, obviously some social change into the NHL dressing room. So definitely something to keep, uh, something for us to touch on. Yeah, I know for sure. Obviously, uh, lots of changes. That's the title of the uh, podcast. Changes in the National Hockey League. This is episode 33 of uh, Those Canadian Lads podcast. Uh, uh, we're calling it uh, Hockey Chirps. So uh, another Hockey Chirps episode of the pod. Uh, uh, very excited because obviously this is the, do they call it the silly season, the off season when, uh, all the money gets spent in uh, in sports. Yeah, I've not heard it referred to as the silly season, but I will say, I don't know if you saw the Zach Hyman rumor, or maybe it's more than a rumor in regards to what the Oilers are thinking of signing him for in regards to term. And if they look at like an eight-year deal for that guy, I will call it the silly season because that's insane for a 29-year-old, uh, quote-unquote, more of a power forward than a finesse guy, so... Yeah, I know. It's interesting you say that. You know, uh, I was obviously following the Twitter today and uh, uh, seeing that uh, Hyman was in town. And to be honest, I, I haven't really followed his career much and uh, had to ask a, uh, a current uh, Toronto Maple Leaf fan uh, about uh, what uh, what he's all about. And it sounds like he's a uh, uh, not a grinder. He, he can score 20-plus goals a year, but also a guy who can go and, uh, and get the puck, right, uh, out of the corners and dig him out. But I don't know if that's an eight-year uh type you know full-term contract deal right and uh it, it leaves a lot of holes in the uh in the oiler lineup right with larson leaving so now it's more important to see where the money gets spent across uh i guess uh forwards and defense uh going forward here uh into free agency and trade season because uh right now um i'm not very uh i'm not happy to lose him he was obviously he, he was one of my favorite players but um, I'm also a little concerned about what that makes the defense look like. 
Yeah, it'll definitely be different. But but yeah, maybe wrapping up the Zach Hyman stuff. Um, I think I don't think anyone would argue that the Oilers do need uh, an additional player in the top six. Probably would need some, you know, somebody a little bit tougher. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be on McDavid's line, but definitely somebody who's not uh, not one of the smaller guys. And you know, uh, Pooley RV is not a small dude, and it's not like he doesn't use his body more for leverage, kind of like. I'm not going to say like Forsberg because Forsberg's an elite Hall of Fame player and Puliarvi is not, but but he's not a mean guy by any measure. So maybe you, maybe you do have to add some of that depth in there. Um, Hyman might be that answer. Is just once again, just kind of like when you look at a deal like with a Lucic got um, four or five years ago, and do you really want to be paying that guy when you know his body could be breaking down? And it's one of those things that I'm like. Immediately, I thought, I'm like, I, I don't know how this is going to go. And and yet, excuse me, um, obviously, we do need to be concerned about what the defense is going to look like. Uh, Larson is a giant hole. Uh, he pay, played a very specific role when it came to the Lord's defense. And now there's, there's real, like Darnell's a tough guy, but at the same time, he's more of a skilled guy. Who's going to, what are we going to do to fill that role? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing here now is that there's an empty seat kind of in that shutdown right D role, right? And, um, you know, looking at the lineup, you know, what on the right side, you got Bouchard, you got Bear, and you got Slayer Cuckoo kind of in the background that could potentially play that role. But he's not to the same elite level that Adam Larson was, right? This is, again, too, um, you know, we, we lost Taylor Hall straight up for, for Adam Larson. So, um, you know, Again, now we just lost Adam Larson for really nothing as well. So, um, you know, it, it makes the offseason even more interesting. Obviously, the uh, the Keith deal, which I really liked, and I think it brings a lot of value to the team, uh, more on the actual tangible side of the fence versus um, the money side, right? And that's kind of now uh, even more highlighted because, you know, how do you go out and, and spend all, in all the areas that you want to do you now have to spend more? Do you have to now go maybe make a trade um, to replace that position, right? Do you now have to get rid of, let's say, a, a prospect or a proving, almost proving guy like Ethan Bear? I'm okay with that. He just fires pucks up the middle of the ice. So um, I'm all for it. <laughs> let's keep judging him for one series of a NHL playoffs. So That was one play. That was only one play. Only one so. play, yeah. Yeah. He's a second. He's going to be in his third year. Plenty of time. But I do. I. I don't believe he plays the style of game. I don't think he'll play the style of game that Larson filled. So he doesn't necessarily fill that role. But I don't know. Maybe there is a analytic thought process or anything where you don't need a guy like Larson. Because uh, let's face it, he, the puck wasn't really great on his stick. Uh, he was more of a stay-at-home, play-the-body guy. Like you look at how many defensive zone starts he had. Uh, during his time here at Edmonton. So yeah, maybe, maybe it is a, a bear steps up and a Bouchard fills uh, behind him and everything works out fine. But as I said, you, you do need those veteran guys and let's face it, the Oilers defense outside of Duncan Keith is relatively young. So well, that's the other key factor is, is obviously the youth. But uh, that being said now with, uh, with him out the door, uh, do you think Tyson Berry gets signed? Frank Saravalli came out and said, yeah, likelihood of, of uh, 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 Larson signing happening, not going to happen. Now they've amped up the conversations with Tyson Berry. Does that impact now Bouchard's potential play with the Oilers? 
Well, yeah, I think it would. Um, obviously, those two players will probably try to fill the same role. So you don't really need... You might not want two of them behind there. Now, I, I would say that in pressure situations, you probably don't want Bouchard uh, quarterbacking your power play and eating up 22 minutes a game. So no, the, he's he's not a like-for-like change on it. Um, I, I still, like, obviously, I, I don't know. I'm not an insider, but I do think Barry is going to You're probably not? get a few... You're not no, an no, no, no. But I do think Barry's going to still get some interest from the league in regards to where you could potentially end up going. Um, I I think somebody will probably overpay for him. Probably will be the Oilers <laughs> because that seems to be the the way we do things. But yeah, I don't know. As I said, if for the right deal, I wouldn't mind seeing him come back. But I still, once again, you still have a gaping hole in regards to who's going to play that defensive style role. So um, switching gears with staying on Larson... Um, Obviously, the rumors were that the Oilers were offering relatively the same deal as Seattle. Uh, he chose Seattle, which uh, good for him. That's his prerogative as a restricted free agent. Why but, good for him? No, that no. Why? Okay, so why good for him? I I like whenever a, any person chooses their own path they want to go on. He has decided to create a new, go with a brand new team, make a make a thing. I was I was trying to think about reasons that he probably would want to leave the team or the city. And it does seem like the players like him a great deal. I'm not saying the Oilers have treated him poorly by any measure. Cause how the hell would I know? But I, I had totally forgotten or didn't realize that his uh, father, when he did die, died here in Edmonton. And maybe, maybe it's one of those situations where that, that thought and that pro and that pain still stays with him when he thinks about the city, thinks about going to the rink. And maybe it's just one of those, I need a fresh start situation, but I, I will say, though, too, that if it's not one of those situations and during negotiations, I'm sure the team and the player and the agent knew what they were kind of getting across. If the team, if he was saying things to the team like, I don't like how I'm treated here. I don't think you play, treat the players well. You don't make up for some of the things that the city doesn't offer. They better look in the mirror and think about correcting those things. I'm going to go on the other side. I, I was, I'm glad you went down this road because obviously he's, he's left because something negative is impacting because you just don't leave just to leave, right? Like you're here, you're part of the leadership team as assistant captain of the Edmonton Oilers. Um, you know, obviously something negative has impacted his decision in Edmonton to make him leave. I'm going to blame the psycho Twitter fans on Twitter uh, that uh, are so negative that they've criticized everything that uh, that's happened in Edmonton over the last number of years um, to a point where it's actually like disgusting. Um, you know, they, they, every single thing that has happened here in social media, uh, it's just a, such an overcritical fan base, right? And that's the pod call, calling the kettle black here because on those Canadian lads podcast, we're throwing our opinion out the door as well. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't know. It's, it, I think you're maybe onto something there. Maybe there is something there with uh, with his father passing away. Uh, I tend to think that uh, he likes the finer things in life. If you follow him on Instagram, he likes uh, the champagne and uh, uh, you know walking around uh, Venice. I think he was in uh, Europe with uh, Drysaddle, uh, uh, living the high life. So uh, you know uh, maybe he just wants to get to the states uh, and enjoy uh, some of the finer things that. Uh, the United States of America has to offer. Plus, Seattle, one of my favorite, maybe the favorite U.S. city I have. Uh, I, I decided to wear Seattle Kraken colors for the podcast tonight. Um, wore this shirt to work. Uh, just, you know, excited for the day. 
not never going to throw on another opposing team's jersey, but I was a little disappointed uh, when I found out Larson signed. So, um, you know, maybe not the best choice of colors today for the day, but um, good for him, I guess. You're right. Good for him. He's a, he was a good oiler. Uh, you know, he'll go down in history of being part of the uh, Taylor Hall trade. And uh, let's just hope we, uh, we wipe them off the face of the earth every time we play them. So. Well, it's not like Taylor Hall's still in New Jersey either. He's bouncing around onto his going to be his fifth team, I suppose, if he doesn't stay in Boston, but or fourth team if he doesn't stay in Boston. Um, but I will say, like I, I, Adam Larson, I like I know this is probably a view into my life a little bit. I don't follow a lot of people. I do actually follow him, but he never posts anything. I think his girlfriend posts a ton of stuff, and that's where my wife tracked down that he was hanging out with Dry Seidel in uh, Spain or Greece or something. I don't think Adam Larson's affected by social media. I I think he's an old school guy to a certain extent. I don't think he reads anything. I don't like just look at how he interacts with the general media and the pop and the population. I don't think it. I don't think he cares at all. So I I don't know if it's a negative fan base thing. Now I will say Oilers fans are terrible for it because let's face it, it's a that's what Edmonton is. But I I don't know if that would have played a factor. But hell, don't know the guy so. Do we suck as a fan base? Like, are we so negative that, you know, do we we almost need to win just to kind of get ourselves, you know, out of a shitty mood? Like, what do you think it is? Because obviously the fan base that's vocal now is probably 40 and under. Um, and most most people, like yourself, you don't, you said it on here multiple times that you didn't really experience the um, the glory years of the Edmonton Oilers. So you're, you're big memories are coming from you know the Doug Waite um you know the 98s 97 years the 2006 playoff run which you know we experienced together uh, <laughs> and then, uh, sadly yeah you make it sound like it was a funeral march or something at the it end it was man it was the worst day ever it was not um yeah I, as I said like my my experience with the team is not not the glory I was as I said I was only eight when they won their last cup, so it's not like I remember a ton of it or anything like that. But, but I, I don't know. I think the fan base. You know what? We're not a great fan base uh, in regards to uh, traveling. Uh, it was famously said in the first Vegas season that the only fan fans that really pissed off the Knights fans were the Oilers fans that apparently showed up and got tanked up, which. Who am I to judge? I don't get tanked up at games. You've never <laughs> fell over a row of seats at uh, Rogers Place? No, no. Never never no. banged my head <laughs> into a chair. But the, I don't know, yeah, the fan base maybe needs to get low. But I will say, too, that, um, you know, it's always the joke made of Boston sports fans is that they live and die with the team a little bit too much. And it's just like, it's great to be passionate about your team, but... Uh, maybe a bit hypocritical for me to say, but you don't need to ruin your entire night because the team lost. You can move on at a certain point. You know what it is, though, too? Like, if you talk to Brad and Jeff, you know, back 10 years ago, maybe we're not talking like this. I think a lot of this has to do with, obviously, two very mature individuals like ourselves mm. uh, doing those Canadian Lads podcasts. But, uh, you know, I think maybe maturity comes into play a little bit and just realizing that it's not uh, a live in or life and death uh, situation. But that being said, you know, you and I, we, we love this team. You know, we spend money on this team. We buy jerseys, tickets. Um, you know, we listen to Oilers now and, you know, all the different, you know, Oiler 
you know, media sites, things like that. Like, we follow this team. We're, we're fans. Um, you know, are we Tier 1 fans? Are we Tier 2 fans? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? Who has a ranking system for the fans? Kevin Lowe, man. <laughs> Kevin Lowe. Don't you remember? Yeah, kind of. I, I think it was just people who paid was his thing, wasn't it? I think so. He's like, you motherfuckers, you paid, a t- you paid for your tickets? I'm on your side. Use that. Use that. Don't. I'm not on your side. Yeah. Use. Use that. Don't. Yeah. Kevin Lowe wasn't the smartest guy when it came to interacting with the fan base, but excuse me. Anyways, um, obviously tonight is a big night in the NHL. The Kraken are choosing their team. As we discussed, they took their Oilers pick uh, and uh, signed them up for a four-year deal. Um, you would propose that we do a live show in regards to this and do live reactions, and I admitted that... Yeah, well, we didn't do that. So. No, because I can't talk for an hour and a half about players I've never seen play, so... Yeah, I didn't realize the shit would still be going on, so that's yeah. kind of part of the problem, too. It's like, like every two minutes I get a text here, it's like, or tweets, it's like, oh, the Seattle Kraken have signed Jordan Eberle. Ebbs going to the Kraken, coming back to the Pacific Division. So that's what I was going to say. Maybe, maybe we should focus on a few key players because l- let's face it, the team um, the team makeup very well might change. The, the, obviously, the team is able to trade away these players if they choose to. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, I was a little frustrated uh, earlier in the week because I found it incredibly difficult to find the protection li- protected list list for every team. It was like it was just. Nobody seemed to have it. I had to go looking for it. Eventually, I just gave up, and I was like, well, "Fuck it! I'll see what this. I'll see what Seattle picks on Wednesday. It doesn't really matter, and I'm not going to sit and watch it either." So, <laughs> <laughs> but but you brought up Eberlay, and that was one of the ones where I'm like, "Don't get me wrong, I don't know the Islanders inside out, but I was shocked that Jordan Eberlay would be available." He had a great playoff run. Yeah, he played so good in the playoffs. I watched a lot of their games. Um, he was on fire. He was he, you know. That's a surprising one, but then again, you know, on their forward on the protected list, they, they, they had to pre- protect so many players, and you know, it's not like Jordan's up there, you know, or he's got a few years on him now, right? He's getting up there in age, and um, you know, we maybe it's kind of more of a romantic thought process with Ebbs, you know, with the Ebbs Hall, you know, Nuge kind of uh, play pull, uh, was it uh, Magnus PRV Svensson too? Right? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the hope. Uh, the hope line. There's a name that nobody, everyone's forgotten. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I said it wrong, so that's how you know awesome that was. But you know, yeah, uh, you, I've got the uh, the list of players that. And here's the thing: it's like, you know, this whole insider shit's kind of garbage. Hmm. You think about it, right? Like, the names were breaking all day long. It's like Frank Valley and you know Elliot Freeman are just like, bang, 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 bang. You know, like oh, this player signing, this player signing. It's like. The NHL only gets windows of opportunity to have, you know, I'm not going to say a national stage, but they are on ESPN tonight, right? So they're mm. it's their coming out party on ESPN, and it's an opportunity for them to, you know, sell the game. Uh, I got another theory on selling the game that I'm going to touch on here in a few minutes, but um, yeah, if you're looking at the list, you know, the the first name that really jumped out at me was Jordan Eberle. Um, you know, other than uh, Larson, who signed this morning uh, when the news broke. Uh, early in the morning while I was driving to work and, uh, you know, almost threw up in my coffee. That was, uh, you know. <laughs> Might be a bit of melodramatic, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So glad we're doing video. You can see all of our facial reactions. It's all so good. So good. Yeah, I'm curious how this is going to turn out because we'll see how it looks, but I, you're just blurry. 
What? Yeah, you're just blurry. I don't know how I'm looking on it, so. Well, I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. Uh, a new camera and all all that. Yeah, I yeah. In all honesty, today, like I I was busy today. Uh, unfortunately, my employer does pay me to pay attention on occasion, so I didn't see any of I was working the... too. I'm just saying, I didn't have time to look at anything. So the only thing I saw was Larson. The only thing I saw was the Larson trade, and then like I came home and then finally started looking at some of the stuff while I was making dinner. But but yeah, the the Everlay one I thought was that's that's a good pick personally. Like I I as I said, maybe it's a homer pick because he's a former Oiler. Uh, Alexiak out of Dallas, you know him and Larson being uh, put on the team together. I thought that was a good move as well. Their defense actually is 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 looking you know quite strong if you think about it. You got Giordano from the mm-hmm. that was a no brainer. We knew he was yeah that. yeah. I think everyone in, in Calgary and Edmonton knew that, or everyone across the league knew that. So yeah, Jamie Oleksiak, he was a, a sought after free agent as well, and, mm-hmm. and Adam Larson, right? So those players alone, and then you know if you think about it, like Vince Dunn, he's he's no he's no slouch. He's no slouch out there. So uh, with the Blues, so. Um, you know, it's uh, their defense actually shores up a little bit. Uh, it, it's it's really in their forward depth that they they're not. These aren't the sexy moves of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, of a few years ago. Um, this is not even close. But the, but okay to to that question though, like I don't even remember wrong. I said it's impo- it's impossible for me to watch the entire league. So, but I remember when they did the Vegas uh, Vegas team draft, and I was like. I wasn't impressed with anybody. The only name that was, I was like, oh, Fleury, that's cool that he's restarting his life in Vegas. But I didn't think the team looked impressive by any measure. And nobody was picking, no, it's not like all of a sudden Vegas, the gambling entity, all of a sudden said, whoa, look at, the comp- look at this roster. It's totally going to the Stanley Cup final. And they made their odds. Like, it was a long shot bet. So it's not like the league all of a sudden everyone thought that it was a good looking team. Like, it's, it's kind of like this. I, I know we can see what I'm pointing at. I'm pointing at my screen, but I'm like, I'm like, you don't know how the any how these guys are going to gel and what's going to happen. the The only one other one I think of though is, and I would wouldn't be surprised if they spin him off. But that Yanni Gordy, Yanni Gord, sorry. Um, I know everyone like likes him because of the playoffs, but he's a third line center, and I could see him probably getting more playing time. And who's to say what he's going to look like? But as I said, fuck, I didn't think the Vegas team looked good. So, isn't a Gord like a pumpkin? Yeah, it is. It's a like pumpkin melon or something. <laughs> and what comes to your mind when you hear the word Zach Hyman? Um, well, obviously female anatomy, but <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it does. And that's the twelve-year-old boy still, still inside. Holy Jesus, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Don't mute your mic or anything. Oh yeah, I forgot that there's a button for that. I can, I can, but I, I got. <laughs> I got like my mouse transversing over three screens here while I'm attempting to like know what I'm talking about. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It will be, it will be interesting though. Like, and I think that, um, I, I said, I, I think the anomaly of what happened in Vegas and just how successful that club's been since it came into the NHL. I don't think that's, I don't think that's likely to happen in Seattle, but that's mainly just because it's an odds thing in regards to how often can an expansion team become a dominant force immediately? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. You know, kind of going back on selling the game, obviously ESPN is, is the new broadcast partner with TNT in the States. And that also ties into the story uh, 
that I, I kind of have about selling the sport. But uh, took the kids to Space Jam over uh, on Monday night. Uh, <laughs> How was that? On. Let me tell you. So <laughs> Space Jam, the uh, the new Space Jam with uh, with LeBron James. Um, I'm not gonna lie. It, obviously, it is me- meant for kids, but uh, it's garbage. That is the biggest pile of garbage I've ever watched. Now, 41-year-old Brad thinks it's garbage. Um, six-year-old daughter thinks that's the greatest movie she's ever seen in her life. And her favorite uh, basketball player in the world now is uh, LeBron James. Also, Hudson, my son. Hudson, who's your favorite character of the movie? Not Bugs Bunny. Uh, not Daffy Duck. Not Park Porky Pig. It's LeBron James. Um, Is Porky Pig anyone's favorite tune or character in anything? (laughs) I would love to. Yeah, that would be a great uh, poll question. Do you even like Porky Pig? Nobody likes Looney. Yeah, we should put a Looney Tunes poll. I'll do that on the the Instagram. We'll do a Looney Looney Tunes poll and be like, hey, Space Jam, you know, uh, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, no, uh, Daffy Duck. You know who is awesome? Wiley E. Coyote. The best scene in the whole movie is Wiley E. Coyote. <laughs> it's awesome. I'll have to trust you on that because the likelihood of me seeing that movie is next to nil. So, but I will. Yeah, I, I will say in defense of LeBron doing Space Jam in the new one, I rewatched the Michael Jordan one probably sometime during the pandemic here because I had the free time, and obviously I knew it wasn't going to be good. But even from a nostalgia standpoint, I was like, this is an awful movie. <laughs> and I love I loved MJ growing up, and I still do. But holy man, that was terrible. <laughs> the premise of the whole kind of theory is just garbage, right? The Goon Squad! Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, no, it's, it's, it sucks. Um, so adults that are watching or listening to this podcast, don't go see Space Jam. Uh, <laughs> but take your kids, because... Uh, they'll love it and they'll start wanting to either play basketball or, um, you know, it's definitely a way to sell the sport, but they had Ernie Jackson from TNT doing the announcing. It was a, it was actually pretty good. Mm. Uh, If there was a highlight of the, of the, uh, the movie, it was that. So, oh, and Michael B. Jordan was in it. So, Hey, there you go. You kind of see where they were going. They, they, I'm going to ruin it. Spoiler alert. Turn it off. You don't want to hear it, but, uh, uh, they're losing at halftime. Surprise! Uh, the uh, the goon squad's winning by like a thousand points. Um, so uh, the Sylvester comes in. He's like, oh, "I found uh, Michael Jordan," and uh, uh, yeah. they play the uh, the Alan Parsons Project music. You know the, the the music the Chicago Bulls would come in, and you know you see the the Air Jordans walking in, and it's like, "That's not Michael Jordan. That's Michael B. Jordan," and it's just like. <laughs> This shit writes itself. Of course, yeah. Yeah. No, but I hey, I went back, uh, going back to the original one, that soundtrack's still good. I know nobody likes R. Kelly anymore because of his extracurricular activities, but I believe I can fly is a fantastic song. And whatever the bond he pee on people? Yeah, he pees on little girls. He's a stand up human being. But <laughs> But I will say that too, like I can always go back and listen to the, I think it's called the Monstars Anthem, with like Be Real, Busta Rhymes, uh, Method Man. It, that is a fantastic song. I, that's one of my, that's in, that's in the gym music. I love it. So. Throw it on the playlist. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, heavy beat. 
But to your point about the marketability of, you know, throwing an NBA superstar, like, don't get me wrong, like, everyone on the planet knows who LeBron James is, but obviously you expose children to this new... Hey, look at the look at the players from this sport. Hey, don't you? Isn't this cool to watch cartoons do this? And is it gonna is it gonna turn your kids into basketball players? I don't know about that because I'm not vertically. Uh... <laughs> I've also seen you shoot. So. <laughs> it's a straight, just bang in all the time. Nothing but backboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not gonna be. Uh, they're not gonna be uh, uh, basketball players, though. My son, while we were driving home, obviously Bugs did have some sort of, you know, uh, effect on him. He's like, Dad, I want some carrots. So <laughs> the movie, not only did he just pound a bag of peanut M&Ms, he now wants some carrots because Bug, Bug, Bugs Bunny is pounding carrots. So, um, thanks, Space Jam. Well, that's not a bad thing for him to get hooked on. Maybe don't show him, like, a Narcos show or anything right now. Cause he's he's, Pablo, Pablo yeah, he's highly susceptible, apparently. But, but hey, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there's there's a few movies that he's just done. Uh, Donnie Darko is one of them. And obviously, uh, that's just an ugly, ugly movie. So. Yeah, I'm not going to suggest you show your son Donnie Darko at this age. You can find that on. Actually, that movie won't be in his repertoire when he's in high school or anything. So, though I I did start watching uh, the other night uh, Wayne's World, and my daughter happened to be sitting there watching it, and she's only six, uh, and uh, she really liked the movie. She was oh. really getting into it, but um, they're not picking up on a lot of the yeah adults, uh, themes like swing and all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, yeah, and then uh, the Uber Eats commercial came on with Wayne, uh, old Wayne Camel, Campbell, and uh, she's like, "Dad, those are the guys from the movie." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, that's Wayne's World. Don't don't you know who Wayne's World is?" But she doesn't. Why, <laughs> Why would she? <laughs> she does. Well, because she's she's six years old. She didn't grow up in the '90s. Yeah, I was gonna say like that was a sketch from like '91, '92. <laughs> it's not, oh, yeah. yeah, a movie probably came out shortly thereafter. So. Yeah, actually, I've, there's been a few instances recently. I was like, man, I'm feeling old. Not only the gray hair, but uh, I took my nephew go-karting the other day. And uh, we went to drive in West Edmonton Mall. Fantastic go-karts. Like, they go like piss. Um, but um, hit the go-karts. Um, and the girl comes up to the, uh, the starting gate. And she's like, yeah, are you excited? You've been here before? And I'm like, yeah, I used to come here, you know, back in the day when it was fast track. And she's like, what's fast track i'm like oh there was like gas powered go-karts here and uh you know like 1998 you know 99 2000 she's like oh i was born in 2002 and i'm like oh oh i'm old <laughs> so well it's like i don't know i i'm not i don't get hung up on my age but it's just like the alternative is you die so it's just like of course you're gonna be people younger than you i just the only time I ever get kind of weirded out is when I'm driving and I see, look over and I see what looks like a child to me piloting an automobile on the hand day. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, just holding up. I, I was like, that, that child is absconded with their parents' vehicle. <laughs> well, before we kind of move on into more serious topics, uh, there is something that we're going to have to do on the podcast and kind of, uh, kind of discuss our, our history with this movie and i didn't realize there was this movie was coming out again but uh there is a new jackass movie coming out jeff so um oh you know future podcast review of uh we could do a whole the, the whole anthology of jackass <laughs> 
Actually, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, that was a bonding experience for when you and I met in college. I think uh, I I think the I'm gonna see the fourth one no matter what. Um, I can't believe that I can't believe most of those guys are still alive. I think we've already joked that obviously not, but a few of them. Well, one of them's not, and then one's not allowed. Yeah, one of them's not allowed to be on set, but. Does he have a restraining order or something? Or yeah, Bam's not allowed on. wasn't allowed to be anywhere near it because he can't stay clean. I guess so. Too bad for Bam. But no, as I said, like I've. Um, that's one of the things I always ask my brother-in-law because Jeff and I, I used to watch at movies. Watch those movies all the time if the girls were out uh, going out for dinner or something like that. And I'm like, when are we showing this to your son? And he's like, uh, not yet. I'm like, come on, man. I'm like this is this is what I wanted. I want to see his reaction to Jackass. It's funny you say that. I had that exact same thought. Obviously, an eight-year-old is not going to be watching Jack. <laughs> but he will be watching it one of these days. Maybe in five years. I'd say five years. 13? Yeah. Yeah, you might want to wait till he approaches that 14, 15 range. I think I got a few more years before my nephew's able to. But I do want to see his reaction to it because it is great when you see their sense of humor kind of evolving into something that's similar to what I would have found funny. And that's right around the corner for this kid. So it's going to be good. So oh, it's about influencing, you know, like how I brainwash my children to follow the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. You know, we taught Vila knock, knock joke the other day. She thinks it's hilarious. You know, knock, knock. Who's there? Leon. Leon who? Leon dry cycle. What? That's the joke. She loves it. Yeah, I think you have a fake applause button on your thing now. You should probably throw that in there for that one. That was uh, I tried. I tried doing it. That was awful. It's awful. All right. Well, this is this is why it didn't work. I had here. Wait, let's do this. Let's do this. Yes. (laughs) That's a terrible joke, but a six-year-old little girl loves it. I. it's fine that a six-year-old life likes it. It's not Bill Burr. No, you know? no. I don't know what you're expecting. I wasn't expecting much, but it's not even a punchline. No, <laughs> it's just the guy's name. Yeah, it's just the guy's name. It could be anyone. All right. <laughs> let's let's switch gears uh, slightly as, before we wrap up here. So, obviously, Luke Prokop, um, you know, makes makes – Huge news, history-changing event in the world of the NHL and, quite frankly, professional sports, and comes out as a as a homosexual player. Um, obviously, this is I in today's day and age. I would have hoped that my age, that in 2021, that this wouldn't have been news and uh, we wouldn't have cared. But unfortunately, we're not quite there yet, and it is still news when uh, a 19-year-old player who's trying to break into the into a professional sporting league announces that he is gay um you know i applaud i applaud the young man uh an edmonton born kid obviously i'm gonna root for him no matter what when it comes to that type of stuff but you know it took a lot of guts for him to come forward on this and he's as i said he's really not um at that age where you think about yourself at 19 where you're kind of insecure already you're unsure of the moves you're making and you know this kid took a huge step and announced to the world who he is so, Brad, what are some of your thoughts on what Luke has, Luke has done here? Well, first of all, with what he's done here is just taking, you know, the conversation to a new level. Level, new level. Um, I think it's not only fantastic; it's it's about damn time. 
that uh, you know something like this has happened and he is a trailblazer now in professional sports the the other gentleman um, who came out was Carl Nassif um, from the uh, New Orleans Saints uh, or no the Oakland Raiders Oakland Raiders yeah, he used yep. to, yeah he used to play with your football football club yes the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, but uh, you know we're seeing professional athletes come out um, um, not that they, they, they have to but uh, they're obviously trying to bring awareness and uh, be leaders um, in in their community right so um, yeah I'm I'm I was quite moved actually by the news that came out and um, sincerely that you know I, I thought about you know um, not only you know kids that I knew when I was growing up that obviously uh, were dealing with uh, you know their, their own sexuality and um, you know how they were wanting to address that and then playing sports and you know all the little different encompassing things that come into play like obviously you know he didn't have anybody to go to um, or think about or um, you know uh, align himself with as someone who was wanting to get into professional athletics and um, become an athlete and um, he's obviously you know being a trailblazer and uh, he's a significant prospect um, you know for the Nashville Predators Um, you know he will potentially make the National Hockey League he's a goal-driven kid and uh, I think it's uh, it's about damn time, and uh, it's it's actually pretty some, something pretty special um, to happen in, in the sport of hockey, but also in society. So that's kind of my uh, my initial take on it, right? Yeah, I I think when when it came out, one of the things I I thought of, and I thought about obviously it is a sports related story. So I was thinking about the teams I played on, and I didn't play hockey. So, you know, I wanted to defer to you in regards to the hockey dressing room and the culture in there um, at a certain point here. But, you know, I played soccer, basketball, um, you know, a little bit of uh, fighting and stuff like that. But um, you what fight clubs? Yeah, like fight club. Yeah, that was pretty much it. But um, it's I don't remember there being much of a culture of homophobia on the sports teams or during when I went to school, like. Obviously, there was immature kids, and like I'm not going to sit here and say that. Oh, I always said the right thing. I know I used "gay" as a sl- as slander. Why more like that old adage? Like I don't mean "gay" in a bad way. I mean as in lame, which is you know your stupid kid attitude to have about it. And I, as I said, I'm sure there's people, and I, I know there's people that uh, that were homosexuals who heard me, and they're my friends, and I offended them with it. And, you know, it's something I'd like, I wish I'd never done, but obviously you grow as a person when it comes to this type of stuff. But, um, I just, it's one of the situations where I, I, because I'm not of that community and quite frankly, my community, if, if I don't like identity politics per se, but obviously I am just a middle-aged white guy. I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of things. Yeah. I don't have a lot of things. That, and people will be able to see it now. Cause there's a video. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it's, yeah. it's one of those things where I, I didn't really have to deal with something. It was, I, nobody identified me as something. It was just, there's another dude on the street and it, that's what it was. So I, I, to me, it seems like, well, it's a shame that we have to talk about this, that this is a news story in 2021, but for people who identify in those communities, maybe it is a big thing. Maybe it is something that I, because I'm not part of it, I just don't get it to a certain extent. So because of that, I am glad that these stories are still kind of coming out and it can be a refresher for somebody like myself who goes, okay, well, I didn't think that was a big deal, but obviously it is. And I'm glad that somebody is doing this in a positive sense. Cause let's, let's face it. Like it's just, it's, as I said, it's 2021. I didn't think it was going to be a thing anymore, but 
I'm glad for somebody like Luke and Carl to come out and, you know, bring that to the front line. You know what I thought was really cool was kind of the coordinated response. Obviously, he had this planned uh, for a while. He was on multiple uh, hockey media uh, sites, things like that, right? It was uh, uh, it was coordinated. Um, he came out and, and, and did it in a way to make sure it had the maximum uh, amount of exposure um, in regards to getting the message out and getting his story out. And, um, yeah, it, it, again, we, we sit there and say, yeah, it's 2021, you know, do we need to hear, you know, this kind of stuff anymore? You know, I think people are very um, open to everything now. Um, it's, I think we're in a really cool age, um, you know, in, in regards to what we're doing these days. But uh, um, at the end of the day, I think it's, uh, it's a really, you know, special thing. I think about my kids. Um, you know, having to grow up feeling um, like an outcast or feeling, you know, like they can't be who they want to be. And, um, you know, that, th that's changed me in a lot of ways um, as a person. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I th I, yeah, it, it's good, it, it, which is awesome. So when you were, because as I said, you, you actually came up as a hockey player, Um what can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> can you tell? I lo do I look? No. What? I wasn't very good, first of all. So, but I did play. But you did play. You played for you played for quite a while, and and then you played in men's league as well. So you're obviously able to hold your own. But what, did oh, yeah. did you find that the dressing room was an environment where if you were somebody who was homosexual or somebody who was you know something else, did you find that those environments were possibly menacing to those type of people? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, okay. I don't think, you know, growing up, and maybe it's not for everybody. Maybe there there was a lot of players or, or listening today, you know, people that played hockey or listening to the podcast today or watching the podcast um, would say, no, that, Brad, you know, I think my dressing room would have been accepting, but um, I don't think it was acceptable to talk about that in that age. And homophobia was running rampant, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, it, it just wasn't culturally, culturally um, acceptable, um, unfortunately, um, which is, it, it's terrible. And uh, yeah, to kind of answer your question, no, it wouldn't have been good. And, uh, and, and we're in a lot better spot now moving forward, right? Because think about too, like all the kids who, you know, now have a Luke, who didn't have a Luke Prokop to look up to and, um, and kind of say, hey, I want to be like Luke and I want to play sports and I want to be a professional athlete or anything in, in life, whatever. But, you know, hockey specifically, um, you know, that that road is now um, set for them. And, um, yeah, it, it, it is a free-for-all. Men, they're cage rages. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of those. It's where you put your gear on and your helmet and your gloves and you, you bam each other in the face as hard as you can and like a boxing match. Like, that's fighting. Yeah, that's fighting. Yeah. Not, not us country club uh, kids there on the West End, uh, you know, just us Northsiders uh, playing cage rage in the... Uh, I didn't grow up in the country club, J.A. You, you knew people. I knew a kid from the country club. I rode my bike <laughs> into that neighborhood. <laughs> hey, what are you doing in here? <laughs> no, but that being said, no, it's uh, it wasn't very acceptable. And, you know, I, I think I was mentioning before, you know, I knew a kid who came out eventually um and uh, he played hockey with us and uh yeah i just you know, i hope he 
he, he didn't have a rough go because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of kids that have. And, uh, you know, um, again, it just it, it, it could create the next uh, superstar, you know, somebody who continues to play the sport and doesn't stop too, right? Uh, a kid who's like feels uncomfortable and says, I don't want to play a sport because of the culture. Um, this just, again, increases the opportunity um, to, you know, potentially, you know, uh, create the next Connor McDavid. You never know, right? Somebody who's going to play the sport and be a lead at it, right? So, you know, that's another, you know, huge benefit of this, right? So, well, I think, I think for myself, one of the things I think of, I, as I said, I, I find it unfortunate that in 2021 that this is still what we need to discuss. Um, I think one of the things I, I do hope for is that uh, for individuals like Luke and people who will follow him and, and Carl Nassib, that um, because of them, you know, I'm not going to say blazing the trail, but yeah, effectively setting the stage for where this doesn't need to become a story in the future. And I don't know if that's in 10 years. I don't know if it's in 50 years. I don't know if it's next year. I would hope that it's as soon as possible. But where we don't care about the identification of these individuals and we just see somebody like Luke as hey, this was a, a junior hockey player who made it to the NHL, had a great career, uh, made his life uh, easier because he excelled in the sport, and we didn't care about anything else. But unfortunately, I think it, it is, it's going to be guys like Luke Prokop and Carl Nassib who come out, you know, show who they are, and they'll, they'll set that stage so this doesn't happen to ha have to happen in the future to kids. It'll just be, it won't even be a topic of conversation. So... I really hope that that's the future for that. And, you know, I applaud Luke for his bravery and uh, what he's going to do going forward. And, you know, what? as I said, like in today's day and age, for the most part, we're opening up in regards to that type of stuff. Those thoughts are, you know, those thoughts are dying off. Uh, you know, people like yourself and I, we're, the, we're not in that last bastion of people who really get concerned about that type of stuff as a generality. It's our, you know, it's our predecessors. So hopefully it's one of those situations where it's just like, all right, we don't have to worry about this any forward, but good work, young man. So, it's those damn baby boomers you got to worry about. Well, it's you know the you know it's one of those things. I like I, I mentioned it earlier. I didn't think my casualness and the casual language I use. Now I I offend and alienate people all the time. I had to deal with alienating somebody two weeks ago, but but, but I will say was it on the podcast? No, no, it was in a, it was in a very it was in a family setting, so that's even better. So. But um, no, I'm not going. No, I'm not going to. But <laughs> but the but I, I will say that it is one of those situations with the casualness of this type of language. Um, it does affect people in a negative sense, and uh, it's not something that we need to do. So, that's it. Good for Luke. Applaud Luke. Applaud Luke. Applaud Luke. You know what, Jeff? You know, before we we shut down the podcast tonight, obviously one last thing: uh, Mike Smith signing for two years with the. The mighty oil. What's your thoughts on uh, on that uh, quick signing today? Uh, he's two million bucks, two years. Like uh, it's, you know, it, hopefully it allows them to set set the table to bring in uh, maybe somebody like Skinner, uh, somebody that they can groom, or you know they go find somebody on the open market, and Mike Smith can prove can be a mentor slash backup for that individual at some point or another, but. Quite frankly, I've said it plenty of times on this podcast. Mike Smith played incredible last year, and I say that as somebody who does not like like I don't like Mike Smith. I think he's reckless. I hate when he leaves the net, drives me up the wall. But I do 
I, I usually said, I think he earned the right for the next contract. And I think the Oilers would have been stupid to allow him to walk. So, I, you know, I think it's a good signing. What I love about Mike Smith, he's a badass mother effer, first of all. Uh, he played well this year. But he brought leadership to the room, right? Again, uh, something that's lacking. I truly hope that there's no leadership issue. Man, you've drank a lot during this podcast. I drink a lot of fluids. <laughs> You're part. Yeah, Holy I drink shit. a lot of fluids. <laughs> we're, we're actually got like a video record of it now. It's awesome. Yeah, this is pretty much what I drink every podcast. Like a glass of water and something else. But yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the video watcher. Obviously, you've seen that, dear listener who's listening. Jeff is drink drinking. A lot of water today and sprite pounding the sprite I like it one sprite <laughs> no can. no, no it's that's a regular size zero you're treating yourself oh that's you've got big hands yeah yeah Ooh. Hands. Yeah. yeah anyways you're talking yeah, about mike no, smith I, yeah mike smith you just distracted uh-huh. me i was like Fuck, that was a lot of water you're drinking right but uh and he taking another one drink jesus it's like a, every time i say it just is gonna start drinking but uh anyways um yeah mike smith good Good signing. We were expecting that he was going to sign anyway. Um, would love to get rid of Koski, Koskinen, but we're going to have to probably wait another year for that. But uh, I really hope this team, you know, uh, starts turning the corner. The Larson thing today is is concerning. But uh, Oiler fan, Oiler fan, don't jump off the bridge. I'm, I'm speaking directly to you, uh, Oiler fan at Twitter. Um, don't jump off the high level bridge. Uh, Uncle Kenny, Uncle Kenny's going to you know help us out. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna sign some players. Uh, he's got some holes to fill. He's got some money to spend. He's not just not gonna spend it. He's gonna he's gonna go out and get some players. So everybody, calm your calm your shit, calm down. Uh, we're not firing Ken Holland. Um, he knows more about hockey than any of us, uh, especially us on those Canadian Lads podcasts. But uh, just shut up. Uh, take give your thumbs a rest, and uh, and take it easy. There you go. Is that your parting shot for tonight? First of all, I'm going to play some music. <laughs> got to play some music, Jeff. We got that option now. We can, uh, we can yeah. hear the music playing. It's not going in post anymore. So that being said, what are your parting thoughts? For my parting thoughts are, this is very loud music, but uh, my parting thoughts are nothing to do with the Oilers. I, hey, that's, well, that's a lot better, actually. Um... Before jumping on the podcast here, I jumped onto Sportsnet and TSN to see the because I had to see the Kraken roster if we we're going to talk about it at some point or another. And I was super impressed to see Seattle Supersonic Legends Gary Payton and Sean Kemp helping announce the team. I love the glove. Gary Payton's a fantastic one of my favorite basketball players of all time. Guarded MJ like the best of them, but holy hell, Sean Kemp got fat. That dude is not taking care of himself, and I was shocked to see that. So, Sean, take care of yourself, buddy. Go hit a treadmill, okay? <laughs> Call me up. I got some options for you for some uh, some dieting options if you want. Uh, yeah, not right now, though. I'm going on holiday. So, and that being said, dear listener, we'll probably take a little break. Holiday time season. We're going to come back strong, though, and uh, give you episode 34 as, uh, as soon as, as possible. <laughs> the music restarts. <laughs> it's on a loop. All right. 
just keep talking, keep talking, and, until the music stops. We don't have to do that. No. You know, so. But Jeffrey, it's been a pleasure. Uh, looking forward to episode 34. Dear listener, thank you for listening to episode 33. Good night, everybody. All right, good night. Thanks again for listening to Those Canadian Lads Podcast. Give us a follow on social media. We're on the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you like what you heard, give us a follow and share it with your friends. Thanks again, and have a great night.